Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We need to keep as many educators in person. This is where the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College comes in because they've started uh, and have available um, early childhood education programs and a way that you could get scholarships and tuition reimbursement for uh, your students in your life. And so we want to welcome uh, to the program the Vice President of Academic and Student Affairs, Mindy Saunders. Uh, Mindy, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting us. And we have Leanne Kramer-Nazer. She's an early childhood education instructor. Leanne, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All righty. So let's get some origin stories here. We're a family show. We like to find how people come up. Uh, Mindy, what's kind of your story? How did you come up and how did you get involved with um, this kind of uh, college uh, post-secondary education? So I spent the first 23 years of my career in higher education in Southern West Virginia. That's the draw that you're hearing come through um, at a community college there. And, and is um, that what, like, I kind of know Parkersburg and Morgantown, like, where would this be? like? So it's a little town called Logan, West Virginia. It's about 40 minutes south of Charleston. Okay, Charleston. So we're, that, that school is in the Southern coal fields of West Virginia. Wow. And there I began my career as a um, physics and math instructor and moved up through the system to leave the school as a, as a dean and then moved here to NPRC. I'm actually housed in Warren and we serve that entire nine county region, which includes Erie and was very fortunate to move up to NPRC as a dean and now occupy the role as vice president after three years of being with NPRC. Kind of uh, the close to that October Sky movie landscape there where, they, where they're launching the rockets in the coal country? Absolutely. That was actually part of our service region uh, for, for Southern Community College where I was. So it was a pretty awesome experience there. And, and then the uh, Warren community has welcomed me and the larger NPRC community. So I've been very thrilled to be here in Northwest PA. Yeah, I think you'll you'll, you'll find this a, a a very welcoming and 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 a, a place that could that you could really make an impact. Uh, how about you, Leanne? Uh, how did you come up? So I I'm an import into Erie, and last month was 20 years that I've been here. Uh, so I I think I'm here long enough that I can consider myself an area. Right? Absolutely. Yes. We'll let, we'll let, we'll give you that badge, right? You've earned it. Uh, where, where'd you, where'd you grow up and where'd you go to high school and stuff? So I grew up in Pittsburgh, um, Bishop Canavan high school. And I came up here to Erie to study at Mercyhurst to study uh, at education. And I haven't left. And I, um, Stayed on again and got my master's in curriculum and instruction. I taught at two different schools in the Diocese of Erie. Uh, and then I taught at Covenant Preschool for a number of years. Uh, once I had my master's degree, I wanted to get more into curriculum and instruction and um, put that degree to good use. So I um, developed curriculum for the Ophelia Project, if you're familiar. Sure, yeah. Um, Ophelia Project, and so I was their director of curriculum and programming, uh, and then when Ophelia Project shut down, I founded my own curriculum development 
uh, and teacher training company, Curriculum Solution Center. Had that for a number of years. Uh, and when MPRC uh, was kind of getting their legs under them and they were looking for somebody to teach education, I started part-time uh, through Gannon University and MPRC's partnership. And then when MPRC started advertising for a full-time instructor, I was like, this is where I wanna be uh, because I loved teaching early childhood, uh, but I also love teaching teachers how to teach, mm -hmm. which is, I guess. But um, I'm so, so grateful and excited to be here and um, teaching out of the Erie um, Education and Training Center that MPRC has, so. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in, in a little bit. I want to stay with you, Leanne, because I really want you to kind of um, set the table, if you will, on the issue of uh, the need for early childhood educators. Um, first off, uh, the pandemic has kind of blown everything up, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that are retiring and so on. Uh, you take it from there. Sure. So early childhood education uh, has statistically in the education field, the zero to five um, employment scape has the highest turnover and the lowest wages for teachers. And so that's kind of, I, yeah, it's why, but uh, there's a number of like systemic barriers in place with that. Uh, it's the lowest qualifications, the lowest pay, the highest turnover. Uh, when the pandemic came through, I was right about the time that Pennsylvania was really starting to look at it, professionalizing our early childhood folks and making sure that our credentialing procedures, our processes for degree attainment, Pennsylvania was really putting in a lot of stock with this, um, using the uh, community block development grants from the federal government and put those dollars into teacher training. Uh, and there were some gears in place that were moving right when pandemic hit. And then what happened was we realized that the EC kind of landscape collapsed a bit. Uh, it is estimated that at least 50% of um, early care and education centers, child care facilities will not survive pandemic. 50%? Uh, yes. The estimate is 50% of child care facilities will not survive the pandemic. The ones that are best equipped to do that are your larger facilities that have multiple sites that have a little bit more organization behind them, but those independent um, home child care facilities or the smaller facilities that have, you know, three, four classrooms, staff of under 10, um, they're not quite set to weather the storm because, you know, when your doors are shuttered for months and you have no income, what do you do? And so the pandemic grants, um, it, it really didn't carry a lot of places through. So there have been articles in uh, Wall Street Journal, in New York Times saying this is an industry on the brink. And even the president has come out saying we need to invest in early care. Governor Wolf, very behind uh, investing in early care and education. We uh, Pre-K counts got more money uh, this year via uh, funding rounds. And so looking at expanding pre-K counts availability and the thing with pre-K counts is pre-K counts requires a degree teacher. Oh. And so for their lead teachers, their assistant teachers either need a child development associate, which is an entry-level credential, or an associate's degree. The awesome thing is that MPRC offers both. Um, Pennsylvania changed about two years ago, started putting the wheels in motion to increase the credentialing processes for teachers. Uh, especially in the zero to five realm. 
but there were barriers to, I have to pay tuition now. Um, and I, it costs time and money to credential yourself. It costs investment in yourself um, to invest in your center, to invest in your career. And so uh, Pennsylvania was like, well, we want higher credential keeper. How do we help them? And so we saw uh, Pennsylvania created a system of professional development organizations. NPRC has been partnering uh, with the Early Learning Resource Center here in Erie and uh, the professional development organization at PASHI, which is hosted out of Shippensburg University. And we have for just over a year, um, actually closer to a year and a half now, we have been offering the child development associate um, training and preparation at no cost. Wow. Uh, it's fully grant funded through the state of Pennsylvania that interested folks, if they're working in a childcare and they want to get this credential, if they want to be more established and um, you know, show like, hey, I'm qualified, keep me on here. Um, Pennsylvania is making that investment and we have rolling cohorts. I believe we're on our 11th cohort since April of 2020. We have had over a hundred uh, enrolled in the program to kind of move through and that's through our workforce development program. And so we're looking at, you know, getting those folks in there. But once we get them that CDA, that's 120 hours of training. They have to pass an exam. They have to get observed um, to, to get that award. But we want to keep them on that learning path. So Pennsylvania, again, and NPRC is looking at, you know, stackable, portable credentialing systems. So if they get that CDA, they can actually move over into the academic side of NPRC, into our Associate of Applied Science in Early Childhood Education, that CDA gives them six credits into the program as they come in to recognize that investment in time uh, in getting that entry-level credential. And for students who qualify, they are eligible for what's called a TEACH scholarship. Um, TEACH scholarship is a national scholarship program for eligible uh, students who are working in childcare and simultaneously earning their degree, it funds up to 95% of tuition, fees, and books, 95%. So we can actually, in a little over two years, have a student come through the CDA program, the associate's degree program, and pay 5% of their tuition. Wow. That's a bargain, right? That, that's incredible. And, and, and we just- Oh, go ahead, keep going, I'm sorry. All right. We, we just had our first student this semester um, come over from the CDA program and say, I wanna keep going. Uh, and so she started classes this fall and we're hoping to kind of keep recruiting through that CDA program saying, come on, you can do this. We already have somebody who's doing it. She's making it work. Um, she's a joy to have in class. Mm -hmm. so I, I absolutely love the fact that we're able to credential folks. Um, and in an early childhood education uh, associates program that has two specializations. So we're one of two institutions that I'm aware of offering a specialization in infant toddler care for an associate's degree. Uh, and that's for people who want to work with children zero to three. Uh, we realize infant teachers turn over more than the regular turnover. Um, it's very, which is kind of funny because you're like, who doesn't want cuddle babies all day? <laughs> right. right? Um, I will say though, uh, I am not a baby person. <laughs> because uh, they can smell fear and they're breakable. So, uh, <laughs> right. I, I joke, like, I, I'd like to go into the infant room and just smile at the babies. But once they have kids, I'm like, all right, I'm out. Uh, but 
Uh, let me have you stop there a second because I, yeah. I, I want Mindy to kind of weigh in on this. Mindy, when you think about your uh, your experience, your, your arc of experience here and the idea of educators uh, – and and you know and just how a kid grows up right and so the the whole concept of that early childhood we've had multiple programs here on my show about hey so much happens at those little guy levels and the thought that that uh, that we may be sh- ha- we may be short fifty percent of our facilities and um, uh, and and that that we need these workers, it just seems like we might be getting to a crisis here, Mindy. Yes, and I would agree with that, absolutely. And that's where MPRC steps in to not only help incumbent workers, but to also help those facilities who are looking for highly skilled professionals and looking to grow their workforce. And for us, the idea uh, that Leanne mentioned of portable, stackable credentials is really essential. So as we help students who come in to the doors interested in early childhood childhood education, what we can make sure is that we use our prior learning credit policy to help students uh, realize credit for every step of their journey. So when they bring over those six credit hours for their early childhood CDA experience that will allow them to add that to 54 more credit hours toward the program of all required courses to help them move up through their profession and help with what Leanne mentioned as the professionalization of that field. And we're seeing that as more and more important because as you mentioned, those early formative years are truly the key. So we're seeing more and more of a movement toward credentialed people in all areas of education, not just beginning with kindergarten, but professionalizing those early years. So uh, just make me, let me make sure I'm understanding this, Leanne. Uh, if, if you want to work for an organization like CDA where you know, we're going to do pre-K counts or we're going to do Head Start, you need to have these credentials in order to be employed there. Correct. So for um, the the entry level positions in early childhood, it's usually called an assistant group supervisor, okay. which is one of like a teacher's aide. Um, they do require at a minimum a child development associate. Um, you can work for um, so Pennsylvania has a star rating for quality in early childhood and care. Well, and that uh, and that that's been in, in in working for like twenty years, right? I mean, you go back to the Clinton administration of talking about what the, those those high quality uh, preschools. I mean, we I mean, yeah. we've been living in this environment, this context now for decades of like we've got to get our early childhood to to a a, a, be, a higher degree and so you guys are really adding value to all this keep going i'm sorry no that's all right um so the the star one and star two facilities that haven't earned those higher star ratings yet um they can hire someone with less education as long as that person is making progress towards some type of education professional development offered at the state level Um, that gets them their hours. And as an early childhood educator in Pennsylvania, you do need 24 hours of continuing professional development each year. So we're saying, if you already need 24 hours, um, let's just, you know, one class gets you 
we actually align every single course in our associates program is aligned in the Pennsylvania Professional Development Registry and awards each of our students 40 hours per three credit course. So they can take one class with us and get their yearly professional development. Uh, we set it up so that it is aligned to meet those needs. They get hours on their or hours on their transcript, hours in the professional registry, uh, and we're really just capitalizing on that, professionalizing the field. You know, like we keep saying, uh, I I can recall when I was working as a preschool teacher and I was finishing up my master's degree, and I had mentioned to a parent, I was like, oh, I'm graduating this weekend from college, and she was like, oh, to be a real teacher. And I wouldn't be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, um, I was like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm graduating with my master's. Um, she was like, well, aren't you a little overqualified to be here then? And I'm like, no, I am qualified just enough to be here. Um, and a master's level professional working in a preschool, that's what your child needs. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not overqualified, I guess, per se, as you know, I, I had a little bit more degree work. But I had enough knowledge to give a really good quality education to those um, children. And so we and always, I think our- that's what's at stake here, Leanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, oh, honestly, wow. this is this is really the the question of the moment is is that will there be these facilities and these teachers available to uh, to to be enough for these little guys as they're coming up, you know, for the 2020s yeah. and the 2030s. And um, I, I, this is really remarkable that you guys are able to offer this at NPRC with all these scholarships and grants and things. Leanne, you've been, you, you were telling us, uh, I, I want you to go over again. Uh, I, let's say somebody is, is uh, in high school or they, it, more than likely it's it's a parent or grandparent listening that has has a child that might be in high school saying you know they really are great with kids this is something that they could become uh, a, a professional at and, and really get some skills tell me about uh, pathways and workflows here um first off can they you know if they're at erie high or collegiate or mcdowell or harbor creek uh are is there information available at the guidance counselor for you guys So we actually have um, prior learning credit agreements with several high school and CT programs within our service region. Uh, We do have Erie County Technical School um, that we have an agreement with their child development program. We're working on agreements with Erie High School uh, and also with McDowell. And so we're always looking at adding additional programs. Uh, We do have Bradford, Seneca Highlands, IU out in the eastern half of our area. And I just spoke um, earlier this week with Oswego Valley Schools, uh, which is in Potter County. And the, the amazing thing is that, you know, I was talking to the superintendent of Oswego Valley and he said, Leanne, do you know that from where we are to get to the nearest high quality childcare, it's a 45 minute drive. Wow. He is investing and, and his district, they are doing partnerships to bring in, to get a childcare on their campus, to have their students get their hours and their field experience time in there to earn a CDA credential while they're in high school uh, and, and work with us on, you know, making some of that stuff happen. And a lot of the schools that we have prior learning credit agreements with the high schools, they're earning the CDA while they're in high school. And that is something that, 
Um, it's the Council for Professional Recognition is a national organization that uh, awards the credential. Uh, these high school CTE programs, they already have the, the, you know, everything they need in place. They almost always have a childcare on campus. Uh, Erie High School, I know they work with the pre-K counts that are in the elementary schools. Uh, so they're coming out of high school CDA ready over the summer. They take the exam, they get observed, and they have their certificate to start with us in the fall. And, uh, and in the fall, they're going for their applied, uh, their associates applied science. They're going to the next step to stack that, yep. correct? Okay. I, I'm down to like 20 seconds here. I want to, uh, so, so at, at, at what point, Mindy, are, are we talking that, um, are we still talking about like that, that almost everybody's eligible for these grants and scholarships or is it needs based uh, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? Can you answer that? Absolutely. It is not needs based. With us here are uh, representatives of the Northern Pennsylvania Regional College, Leanne Kramer-Nazer. Uh, she is an early childhood education instructor. And Mindy Saunders, the Vice President of Academic and Student Affairs. And, and Mindy, uh, again, uh, the NPRC has been going now for uh, multiple years, and um, and, and certainly uh, there, the, the, the scope of it is growing. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, so I think we're the oldest new game in town in that, <laughs> in that uh, the pilot program began with ECUA, which is the Education Consortium of, of the Upper Allegheny. Um, 2012, there was a partnership with Gannon University established to have that pilot program launched. And there was some work that went on even before that. So we've been around actually for 10 years. In, in that form with that early work done by the ECUA and the partnership with Gannon. We launched our independent curriculum in January, spring semester of 2020 with six degree offerings. And um, with that launch came um, our pursuit of accreditation, which continues, uh, that's a very lengthy process. So um, during this time, our uh, six degrees, we have graduated uh, several individual students at certain points during that. However, our first large cohort of students, we grad we uh, awarded 17 certificate and degrees, certificates and degrees to uh, to students in May of 2021. So I would call that our first cohort of students who graduated. Those students earned the Certificate of General Studies, and then six of those students earned degrees in an Associate of Science in Business Administration, an Associate of Applied Science in Early Childhood Education, and I believe we had a couple of students who earned Associate of Arts degrees in uh, Liberal Studies. So that first cohort of students has graduated and gone on to next steps in their lives. Is there is there a um, program that's bubbling up as kind of being the, the, the popular one, Mindy? So I will say that uh, 11 of those graduates graduated with a certificate in general studies and those students, seven of those went on to enter the nursing program at University of Pittsburgh at Titusville Hub through an agreement that we have with that hub to um, eligible students accessing that agreement were awarded a guaranteed seat within that nursing program 
based on the criteria outlined in the agreement. Is, so that, that, an, a, is that an RN program? Is it an LPN pro? Is it practical? No, that is. Yeah, that's a great question. It is an RN program. So it's an associate of science in nursing at, that Pitt Titusville offers. And that program, that agreement that we have with Pitt Titusville, I think is a great example of a pretty innovative program. So the agreement that MPRC has with Pitt Titusville, students can earn a 30 credit hour general education, general studies certificate at MPRC and meeting certain GPA requirements, then have a guaranteed seat directly into that nursing program. 12 of those 30 credits that are earned as part of the gen ed certificate fit directly into the nursing programs requirements. And then in a symbiotic relationship, we have um, a reverse situation where students are actually directly admitted and our University of Pittsburgh students at Titusville, those students, NPRC delivers the 12 credits of general education to students who are actually guesting at NPRC and they are um, Pitt Titusville students. So in that way, NPRC is partnering with Pitt Titusville to provide a service to their students and and in contrast, MPRC students are finding a path directly into nursing when they're not direct admits to that program. So it's a pretty innovative program. First time that I've heard of that kind of partnership in higher ed. Are they moving to Titusville? Are they commuting to Titusville? Or are they going to the service centers across your nine county footprint? So while they're taking their general education coursework and getting that gen ed certificate, they can attend anywhere within our nine county footprint. We have 25 instructional locations spread throughout that nine county region. And then once those students are admitted to the Pitt Title School program, it depends on where they live within the footprint. There is housing available at that institution, but they are also, we have a great deal of commuter students. So students from Warren, it's a 54 minute drive from my home in Warren to the Pitt Titusville campus. So we have students who are making that drive for their nursing courses once they are admitted to that program. But every one of those students, they've already completed that 12 hours of gen ed, and then they'll complete the other 48 credit hours that are required in nursing specific, and they will be graduating with an associate of science in nursing, and that will make them eligible to sit for that RN credentialing exam that nurses take yeah. near the end yeah. of their programs. So it's a really great opportunity for the two institutions to partner together, and we're really proud of work that's being done there. So, so there, again, there's another big hole, isn't there, of the, of the nursing um, shortage and needing uh, needing to get that those credentials here, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push for a second here because I kind of sure. know growing up in Erie, Leanne might be able to back me up. Um, Erie's kind of parochial, right? I mean, if you live in the city, you think anything south of 90 is like you might as well pack a lunch, okay? And so, uh, do you anticipate as as the as the college grows, that you would have other strategic relationships with other facilities here in Erie County. Again, Erie County is the largest as far as population of, of the nine counties in the NPRC. Yes, absolutely. I do know in our workforce development area, 
there is uh, work being done toward having the opportunity for us to offer LPN credentialing, and that would be spread throughout the nine county region and definitely include Erie. And we are also working on partnerships with several other universities and working through that those agreements in a way that would permit our students to move similarly to other majors at other institutions. Um, and we're always open to that kind of partnership discussion and that'll be ongoing in Erie as well. Let's uh, switch over to workforce because again, uh, you have a lot of uh, business owners and, and, and people that, I mean, it's just not enough to you know leave uh, high school uh, without any, any, you know, you got to know how to learn, right? Um, but uh, manufacturers, uh, people that are in service industries, they want, they want advanced skills. And so what, what are the plans for NPRC for workforce training? So in the area of workforce, I do know um, my colleague, Dr. Aldo Jackson, has done a lot of work in terms of EMT training mm. availability. We also have CDL training, and we have that available at us at the uh, 26th Street location in Erie. There's a nearby um, um, driving field that we utilize in our partnership with PA Pride. So CDL training is available right now. EMT training is available. LPN is in the pipeline. Um, there are a few other programs too that are peppered throughout the area. And we also offer customized training. So those, those businesses can reach out to Dr. Jackson for more information and to, to help guide that. In terms of workforce development over in the area that's academics as a for credit bearing program, we have an associate in applied science in industrial maintenance technology. It's a, it's a program that helps train people for fields like hydraulics and pneumatics, uh, PLC and robotics. So there's a lot of technical training going along and those labs, those lab opportunities for students are offered in Erie at that 26th street location. So that program I think is a very much up and coming program that's gonna generate a lot of interest in workforce. Uh, let's talk too uh, about, uh, uh, Leanne, you could jump in on this. Uh, other parts of Erie County, and I know there's some presence in Cory, correct? Go ahead. Absolutely, and I know that you uh, were handing that off to Leanne, but I'm going to jump in <laughs> okay, for just sure, a minute. Okay, sure, no problem. And then, and then I'll hand off to Leanne to talk about what's going on in prior learning credit okay, with good. ECE and Cory. So uh, with Cory Area School District, we have a dual enrollment agreement, so we have a pretty robust set of offerings. And all of our courses are available at the Quarry High Ed Council. They're one of our partnering locations where courses are offered and the full complement of all six degrees. Those are available to students at Quarry. And we have a pretty robust offering with early childhood in partnership with Quarry Area, Area School District. So I'm gonna hand it off to Leanne to talk a little bit about that partnership. Sure, so our, uh, our agreement with Quarry High School is that our, their students can dual enroll in gen ed credits on some ECE. I had some uh, Corey High School students in uh, an ECE course in the spring, uh, but that's one of the programs where they can become CDA ready in high school through their CTE training that they do there. Um, and then they bridge into uh, the Associate of Early Childhood with 
uh, nine credits. They actually come in with nine. Oh, awesome. So, so if they come in in that early childhood education with those nine credits through prior learning, and then they also combine that with their junior and senior senior years of high school, it is very conceivable that a high school graduating senior could easily have accumulated up to 30 credits and some more. We had one case early on in NPRC's pilot program, the ECUA, where a student crossed the stage, received their high school diploma, and as they exited the stage, they earned their associate degree. That's because amazing. They were at, wow. they were at 60 credit hours. I will say that's a very uh, aggressive timeline for a high school <laughs> student to do, but it is totally doable. And, and I see several students mm. walking away with their high school diploma with um, an entire year of college uh, also wow. under their belt. Pretty fantastic monetary savings for those sure. parents and for that student. Speeding time to degree is is an important thing. Yeah, it, it really has, Mindy. The whole the whole landscape's kind of changed on all this. It, there's a lot more sensitivity to cost. Um, I, I want to ask about uh, ongoing connections with the PASHI uh, system because I would think that a, a lot of parents and grandparents are, are concerned about okay. Uh, they get this associate's great degree here, and they can get going. But what if they want to stack? What's going to be carrying over? So, what what do you what are you hearing from Pashi? So right now we're working with um, the group behind their uh, PA track and Academy One, and right now MPRC has submitted syllabi for uh, thirty credits of general education that we are waiting for the next steps in terms of Transfer Articulation Oversight Committee, TAOC, which is a group that provides exactly what it says, oversight where they look at syllabi. We are also working through, uh, with several PASHI schools, we're working through an agreement so that we can articulate NPRC's credits pretty readily to several other PASHI schools. We're not ready to... uh, to announce that publicly sure. yet, but it is very much on the horizon. The uh, I had two meetings today in particular where one university says six weeks to six months is the timeline. That's a pretty broad timeline yep. where we'll be ready to publicly uh, uh, move forward with a, an agreement. And then the other uh, university that we're working with right now said that they think that the timeline is we'll have ironed out all the details of our agreement within six months. So I'm anticipating by fall of next year that several of those institutions that are connected to our region and NPRC will have the kind of agreements that you're talking about parents and grandparents looking toward. Mm -hmm. I can say that we have experienced very positive transfer to several of our sister institutions They look at our courses one by one and look at the syllabi, which is pretty common across universities and colleges, community college, two-year college, and universities. Typically, it's an evaluation syllabus by syllabus. And maybe I don't. Again, I'm not in. I'm not in the. I'm not in academia, so maybe I don't even understand what's going on in 2021 in this realm, right? And so, uh, would you expect that most of your students? would be a certificate or associate degree and then just kind of go. Uh, they've got their training, we're ready to rock and roll, and we're in the workforce, and that's it. 
how 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 I guess how important is it anymore that you transfer up? It, well, it's very important to students that they have some post-secondary education, but there is very much a growth nationally and regionally that an associate degree is a, a great entry into the workforce. And when I was in Southern West Virginia, we would frequently get people who had master's degrees in some field that would come back into our community college when I was there. Sounds very strange, yeah. but they would come back seeking a technical two-year degree. Because what they found is they had a great education, but they were looking for some specific skills, whether that be nursing or that whether that be in computer science, we would see that happening down there. And what we anticipate here at NPRC, and we were talking about this this morning in our faculty meeting, is we kind of think that it's going to shake down to where we're going to have about half of our students who will be looking for moving on to a four-year school and about half of our students who are going directly into the workforce or already in the workforce and using their associate degree credential to help them achieve the next step in their career. It's pretty common. And that's about how it was from my experience in Southern West Virginia as well. About half of the students are seeking transfer and about half of the students are seeking growth in their career or entry into their career field at an associate level. Do you anticipate that NPRC will ever get to the point where, uh, even given it, its model, that it, it would be one of those places where you grab a, uh, or you can audit a, a, a class or grab a three credit class in photography or learning Microsoft Office? I, I'm just thinking about the, those senior adults. I mean, again, your, your background is in community college. That's kind of what happens, right? Senior adults, people mid-career, they go and take something for uh, their enlightenment or something that would, you know, go for their, uh, you, you know, for their betterment of, of doing their job. Hey, I need a Photoshop class, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, do you see that happening at some point? Absolutely. I see it in two ways. Uh, first, I see it in the area of our workforce development. Um, workforce development frequently, frequently offers those types of courses that are quick enrichment and not for credit. But we also, over on the credit side, I can give you an example. We have a course called Business Technology One. And that course walks people through uh, using the computer and in fact walks them through exploration of Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, those types of things, which is, you know, that that's a pretty high demand thing for people to pick up those skills, even at any age. And then also, we have, uh, we accept students as personal enrichment students. So people are able to come to NPRC as guests or personal enrichment and pick and choose around as non-degree seeking students, what would help them best in their plans and in their enrichment. And then over in the area of degree seeking students, of course, we're an open admissions institution, which means that a student, a prospective student needs a high school diploma or its equivalent. And with that, they can be they can uh, pursue any one of those six degrees or that 30 credit hour certificate in general studies. So we have lots of opportunities for all levels. Just got a couple uh, minutes here. Uh, let's, let's talk about, um, again, uh, 
we'll, we're, let's circle back to the early childhood because there there's this concept of being able to do this and, and get these credentials for very little costly and so what would you suggest for someone to do if they're uh, if they're uh, if their student is interested and again it could be somebody listening or, or somebody's parent who's listening Sure. So my my best recommendation is to you, a lot of our students in this program are incumbent workers. So apply for those jobs that are being advertised. Um, I cannot tell you how many childcare facilities call us and speak to our career services saying, do you have students looking for jobs? Wow. Uh, you can you can enter into an early childhood position. No degree or certificate. You can't you're stagnant at a very low level, but you can get an entry-level job. Uh, and if you're working towards a degree, you can stay in that position. So if you're an incumbent worker, you know, answer the ads that are out there uh, in, in the newspaper, uh, search the internet, apply for that job, because once you're an incumbent worker, you are eligible for a lot of money as far as grants and scholarships. Uh, you are able to get that CDA credential. You're able to get that teach scholarship. Uh, so get the job. And the other nice thing that I think works really well with that, you know, way of getting into the field uh, is that we have you do your field experiences in your workplace. We work it out with the employers to have students do apply the day after they learned it in class. They can apply it in their classroom. Like, where else can you get that, like, high-touch application? Uh, so there's that. But if you're thinking, no, I want to get the credential first, uh, start taking classes. I mean, we, we, it's not like you have to hit at a cohort every, you know, fall of an even year. You can start on the path. Uh, we can roll you it in any point. Uh, we do eight-week semesters in the summer. So, you know, just enroll. Um, or talk to one of our student engagement specialists. Student engagement specialists help you from advising uh, from the very first time you fill out that application to the time you walk across the stage with a diploma. You have a student engagement specialist who is there to advise you, who is there to recommend the courses that you should take, who's there to help you with pacing to see if you can balance work-life school, right? Because that's a hard sell. Um, so. I, I was going to ask, uh, do you feel, I, I mean, do you guys really have to have a decent, well, and that's what these student uh, specialists are all about, is the idea of the soft skills of, uh, of what it takes to be a successful student, right, Mindy? Uh, yes, we do think of ourselves as a very high touch and high tech. Okay. So that high touch takes that student engagement specialist that works with the student from that first moment. We, uh, at the four week, eight week and 12 week mark in each academic term, those, uh, those professionals touch base with the student advisees. So students have every opportunity to have the level of care and assistance that they need and support and all the way through and post graduation through our director of career services. So from the beginning of the first day when they first contact MPRC to say, I am interested until the moment that they're employed and beyond when they come back for that next skill level. I don't know about you guys, but I love, I absolutely love my advisor, but I certainly didn't see him every four weeks in my freshman year. You know what I mean? It just, 
didn't happen. So uh, this is this is pretty, like you say, very high touch, Mindy. Uh, we'll, we'll give uh, Leanne the the last word uh, again. Thinking about the these holes, like uh, this societal need to teach our little guys. Um, uh, one minute, uh, uh, can you finish? Put a put a bow on it, if you would. Sure. Uh, I I always tell people I'm like early childhood working with working with little ones and. You know, I, th- I think I've been focusing on the zero to five aspect of an early childhood degree, but it actually prepares you to working up through third grade about age 10. Um, these little ones are just so like connection hungry that all they want is a caring adult. Uh, and I tell my students, I'm like, look, you if you can be a caring adult, if you can provide them with a place to feel safe, protected, respected, uh, and teach them a few skills along the way, like that's a bonus the the teaching aspect the skills the academics um that's a bonus because just you're getting an opportunity to be a positive force in the life of a child and i can't think of a like more precious gift than that honestly um to you know shape young minds shape young hearts and you know create a better society You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.